Welcome everyone to the Transcript Podcast. This is a special episode of the podcast because this will be our last one of 2022. Uh, we sent out a newsletter yesterday and this was a newsletter like the other ones that we've sent out as our last post of the year, which is a review of the full year. And we try to take a quote from each newsletter that we sent during the year and just put them together in a narrative of the way that the year unfolded. So if you just read through this, you'll be able to see where we started and where we ended 2022. And it's always interesting to me when I sit down to do this, how much changes in a year and the things that you forget that happened at the beginning of the year. And the first newsletter that I pulled up, the world was dealing with Omicron still. It was surging. And uh, there were so many infections in the US, it felt like everybody was getting it. And the thing that was crazy that I picked up is, I think we were all scared of COVID still a little bit at the end of last year. And then I think Omicron, at least in the US, made us like not that scared of COVID and just made it that we were going to live our lives with Omicron. And so you could see that in the economic analysis and the commentary from CEOs. I think at the beginning of January, people were wondering, is this going to tank the economy? And then by our second newsletter of the year on January 24th, it was clear that we were all just learning to live with COVID that was an endemic and we were going to, to all deal with it. So... Eric, any thoughts on where we started the year last year or this year, 2022? Yeah, I totally agree with you. It shows you a bit of the cycles of worries that people go through throughout this year. So like you started with Omicron and then January, February could sense that inflation was supposed to, was starting to feel like a big issue that's going to be this year. And then suddenly the situation in Ukraine happened and then inflation spiked to the top of it, issues in terms of worry. And then now for the rest of the year, it's been just a mix of the war in Ukraine, a bit about the Fed being behind the curve. In fact, for me, if I had to title this newsletter, I would say the Fed being behind the curve. And you could say you could sense that from the very beginning of the year, they didn't raise rates in January. And for the rest of the year, they've been chasing inflation, which has been like spiking, especially exacerbated by the situation in Ukraine. So I think that's a key takeaway. I think the Fed has been deeply behind the curve, but they've, they've tightened much faster than the last few periods trying to catch up with containing inflation. Do you feel the same also? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was, again, you forget the way that things happened over the course of the year. Right now, we're so focused on the Fed was raising by 75 basis points and they slowed down to 50 basis points. But you really forget that at the beginning of the year, they actually didn't even raise rates in their January meeting because they were so concerned about spooking markets. And then their first rate raise in March was just a 25 basis point increase. And they didn't really start raising by 75 basis points until the fall. It was the aggressiveness which, with which the Fed has been moving recently is really a recent occurrence. I think they started to get some hawkish rhetoric around March, but it, they really didn't. They were not they were not tightening that aggressively for much of the year. And I think the other part of it is that their own forecasts of how much they would need to tighten increase throughout the year, because to your point, they were behind the curve, or at least they felt like they were behind the curve. And I was looking in at some point during the year, it was in April, even April 25th, uh, Raphael Bostic and Mary Daly were both talking about needing to be at between 1.75% and 2.5% short-term rates by the end of the year. And they were talking about getting to a neutral stance. So remember, for much of the year, we entered the year in a very accommodative stance. And then the Fed realized, oh, we'll have to bring this to neutral at least. And now they're talking about restrictive. It was really a Jackson Hole was a big turning point for the year where they went to a restrictive stance, or they talked about restrictive stances. But... Any thoughts? 
Yeah, one of the quotes that stuck out for me was the one from the Bank of Philadelphia, I think around April 4th, was to, I think that finally what helped them notice that there's actually a price increase in the economy was golf deals rising at local country clubs. That, to, that tells me a lot about how a bit away from reality the Fed has been for a long time. Because as they tend to caught up with the, hey, inflation is actually catching up. It was pretty late to start raising rates. So I think, and now they've raised it so fast. And now everybody's a bit worried. I think going into 2022, are they going, are they raised so fast that they are going to cause a recession next year? And I think that's the worry currently as we go into the new year, I would say also. So I think any other things that may have picked up other than the Fed being a bit too fast in raising rates or a bit too slow in raising rates at first and then going faster than normal later in the year. Yeah. Yeah. I think, again, one of the fun things about this exercise is when you look back over the whole year, you see some of the underlying trends happening in a different way than what you're looking at when you're just in the day to day. And I think one of the things I really noticed, which I'll carry into 2023 as well for myself, is that the inflationary started to begin to inflect and subside in like the May or April timeframe. Like we have a May 2nd issue in which we titled inflation peaking question mark. And when I looked at it, when I first put it down for this exercise, I looked at that and I thought, oh, was that a mistake by us that we were looking at inflation peaking too early? And in some ways it was because the CPI numbers still stayed really high, but they've started to come down. And the CPI, that was near, near peak, if not the peak of CPI year over year inflation. And I think throughout the year, even post-May, the inflationary headwinds have continued to abate. But I think, again, this was the thing that I picked up in looking at the whole year, was that even though inflation was starting to abate, the Fed was actually getting more aggressive in the way that it was combating inflation starting in August. In August, Powell came to Jackson Hole and said, we're not done yet. We're going to keep raising rates and we have to have restrictive policy and inflation is getting out of control. And that has been really the thing, the change that has created the second wave, second leg of softness in equity markets in the second half of the year. Yeah, I think we picked on pretty early that inflation was peaking, but I guess if you get quotes from like CEOs and all, there's a bit of a lag in which it comes. So quotes tend to be a bit forward looking in the sense of like the CEOs are seeing the data. And finally, when it comes to the actual data that maybe in the CPI, it takes a bit of time for that. So I think one of the other things maybe I noticed this year was also it became a bit of the end of an era. And I think that's what we titled. I think that was our May 9th issue. So I think benchmark capital partner Bill Gurley talked about there being having been a 13-year amazing run. And now suddenly people like me who have never experienced a rate hike started to experience it like in a very aggressive way. So I think that's that's one of the things I also noticed. And the second thing, of course, about Jamie Diamond talking about the financial hurricane, he's been on that thing of hurricane throughout the whole year. And I feel like at some point he may be the one of the maybe the boy who cried wolf and everybody didn't listen to them. But I think we haven't seen a hurricane so far. So those are two things that would also stand out for me in terms of the impact of the rising interest rates on financial markets and the hurricane, which may or may not come at this point in time. Any thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I like how you're framing end of an era and hurricane. These are two core iconic quotes of the year 2022, I think. Another piece of language that really sticks out to me that we wrote over and over again this year was resilient. Yeah. How resilient the consumer, consumer was, how resilient consumer spending was, 
And there was for a long time this year, this tension between the shift from goods spending during COVID back to services spending. And you would see goods focused companies starting to see a pullback in the consumer and they were talking about economic weakness. But then the services based companies were not seeing that weakness. And really, the, I think our guiding North Star, so to speak, on what was going on with the consumer ended up being the credit card companies throughout the year and what they were seeing in the high level data. Um, there have been some real signs that the consumer is starting to slow as we look into 2023. I think the quote from Wells Fargo CEO last week that we put in that said there's a slowdown happening. There's no question about it. I think that is one quote that really sticks with me going into 2023, as well as the Fed press conference last week of Jerome Powell, again, saying we will stay the course until the job is done, despite what you and I have picked up for the last few weeks of some real slowing and cooling trends in the economy. And so I think looking in 2023, I think the big question is exactly what the Fed wants us to be focused on, how high and how long. How high are they going to raise rates and for how long are they going to hold them there? Do you have any forecasts or opinions on how high and how long, Eric? I actually don't, but what I feel like in, I think to double click on the issue of the consumer, I think, and the last few weeks, for the most of the years, you say the consumer has been resilient, but there is a weakness happening. And you find that even the high-end consumers are now coming coming back down to shop at Walmart and all. I think we've, we're ending the year with a consumer who's actually going to be super strained if going into the first half or second half of next year. So I think like this excess savings are starting to dwindle. They're starting to feel pressure in terms of maybe maxing out their credit cards. So I think looking into next year, we'll be paying a lot of attention on how as consumers doing, especially after the holiday season and after the holiday spending, how did they spend? So I think those are some of the things that we'll be tracking going into next year. So I think like looking into next year, a lot of things to track. And of course, the transcript will keep be keeping track on a lot of these things. So this is a really good wrap up for the year, just to have a look a bit on how we've done so far this year. So I wanted maybe as we end, I wanted to maybe discuss how our progress has been at the transcript. It's been also an incredible run for us. Actually, this is our almost 80 something, I think 86 or the 87th episode of the year. So I think like we've grown a lot. Any reflections on the transcript itself and maybe as the founder of the transcript in terms of how have you seen us grow throughout this year? This is our 87th episode so to speak on the transcript podcast and this is, this is it's been an incredible year so how would you reflect on that yeah i think we've just had to your point really incredible growth this year i think it's passed both your and my expectations of the amount of growth we've more than doubled total readership we've almost tripled the amount of premium subscribers that we have who are reading the transcript now and directly supporting the work and it this is something that you and I have been working on for, I think, like 10 years now. And we've just been doing it labor of love. And if you look at the true growth path of this, it's just been slow and steady. But this year, for whatever reason, we're starting to get momentum. So we're both really grateful. I'll speak to myself, at least. Really grateful to have all the new readers and subscribers coming in and watching our work. I think one of the nice things about doing this year in review as well is to see how well we've tracked the economy throughout the year. And again, hopefully, one of the reasons that we do this, whether people are watching it or not, is this is a primary way that I manage my own money. And I have found over the years that anytime I, I stray too much from what the, the transcript is picking up, it's usually a bad choice. So just manage the portfolio consistent with the headlines that we're seeing, that we're writing, has always been the best process for me. And I think it's worth noting as well, one of the big inflection points this year was you being able to come on full-time, Eric, 
and really push the amount of content that we're generating. And I think to our readers, our listeners as well, that speaks to when you join the transcript as a premium subscriber, it gives us more resources to be able to do more things, produce more content, generate more investment ideas for our readers and listeners. So it is really important to have the support as well, because it allows us to be able to put more work and more energy into this project. So any additional thoughts? You've put it pretty well, I think. I mean, you could see a serious inflection point from May when I started Love Like full-time. You can see an inflection point in terms of paid subscribers, in terms of our, like in total subscribers and even on Twitter. So I think we're able to generate a lot more content now and to be a lot more active and to read a lot more transcripts now that I'm full-time, if you switch to the premium side, you're able to help us to access better resources, to access as many transcripts as possible, to also generate as much content as we can to be able to drive so that you're able to keep you informed and engaged and at the same time to be able to manage like your own portfolio. So our rallying call is work on mom board, help us grow and help us build a place where you'll have the best quotes, I think, from earnings calls as much as possible. And then you're able like to keep you informed and to keep you uh, growing as a reader and also for us to also keep growing at the same time. So grow with us. I think that's a key call as we finish the year. So happy holidays and see you again in the next year as we keep building on the transcript. But our Twitter handle is never silent. So we'll keep posting there as much as we can. So see you in the new. I think that's my ending rallying call. Any Anything to add or should we end there? <laughs> I don't think so. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy, happy new year. And we'll see you in 2023. Ready to go. Ciao.